0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 971, air date June 23rd, 2021. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Um uh, Today we have some important announcements to make, but we're going to be talking about arugula and heart health. And let me just start Instagram here so we have our people starting there too. And uh, welcome, everyone. We have people logging in. We'll wait for people to come in. I think one of the important things to let everyone know is the, uh, the news came out that John McAfee, who was one of the pioneers of antivirus software, uh, supposedly uh, died in prison. That's what the story is. And we'll see what, the, what is going to evolve. So I'm not, I'm not going to make any commentary about that right now because I don't have any of the information. I just saw it show up. But what I do want to talk about um, is the fact that I think all of us, as we, you know, there's gonna be a lot of news stories out there about McAfee, I'll I'll talk more about it tomorrow. But I think the bigger issue that everyone needs to talk about is what is the purpose of life and why we are here. And um, uh, recently, uh, Sam Tripoli, who's a comedian, had me on a show. And after I started sharing this the story or the truth, the facts about our lawsuit, how historic this lawsuit is. And we're actually exposing the fact that government, that government tells social media companies what to do and that they've created an unholy alliance. And our lawsuit is probably the the most important lawsuit of the century because it is exposing, it's not big tech that censors people, that it is government that tells big tech who to censor. So Sam was asking me what I thought about my own life and was I concerned about my existence. So tomorrow I'll be talking about McAfee, but but as I'm reflecting on it, I'll just give you my opinion when someone asks me a question like that. And let me play this for everyone because I know some of you may have seen it, but I think it's uh, uh, people ask me to uh, play it again and I'll give you my story. So somewhat relevant um, because it, it asks about this question um about what, what life is and, and and given what just took place with John McAfee. So let me just play this for everyone. Here we go.
1: And uh, are you worried for are you getting any kind of threats against Dutch sheep well Sheep by exposing something so deep? Well look.
0: Sam, let me ask let me let me ask you something. What's the purpose of life, Sam? Um,
1: uh,
0: have you thought about Any it?
1: Big bitches?
0: What's that? I don't
1: know what is it is. What is it?
0: Well, to me, look, Sam, my grandparents came from nothing. All right? I remember when I was 12 years old when I went back to India for the first time. And I had left India when I was seven. And I came back when I was 12. And I went back to that small village. Dirt roads, no running water, no electricity. My grandparents had bare feet, nothing, man. These people worked 16 hours a day in the hot field. And I, I, uh, for five years, I was in working class towns in New Jersey and those working class people taught me a lot. And when I went back, when I was 12, my grandparents came, came to send me off at the caboose trains in those days. I made a decision, I said, you know what? My, my aunt lived in a little 10 foot by 10 foot hut. I said these people have nothing but they struggled so I could get educated. And I said if I don't freaking do something with my life, I'm a complete parasite. And that it that I had already gotten so much by the fact that my parents had come to America. And what I'm trying to tell everyone is that first amendment does not exist anywhere on this freaking planet. And if you're not willing to die and fight for it, you're a slave. What the hell does life mean you have your little home and you have your little kids and you do this and that when you're a freaking slave who wants to live like that so when you Let's ask me am I go, man. when you Let's ask fucking go, dude. Let's do this. yeah so this country was built on people who didn't give a damn if they lived or died they wanted freedom think about my friends who were Italians they said their parents got on a boat with two bags they didn't have any jobs and now we have millennials, well, I want this, I want that. It's like you freaking you freaking lost your mind. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what it means to suffer. You don't know what others don't have. And you're asking me if I'm scared? No, I'm not fucking scared. I'm fucking angry. You should get angry. This shit is fucking ridiculous, okay? The fact that I have to represent myself is fucking ridiculous. Scared? Scared of what? Scared that I may lose my little house? What the fuck are you scared about? It's the wrong question, Sam.
1: Well, I only got a couple in this. this no,
0: no, so. but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not you. I'm saying that attitude is you have a bunch of assholes here in Cambridge, which is a center of the violation of free speech. Those blue bloods who lost the the war—they didn't get back and leave. They're still here. They never wanted to give the First Amendment, and every decade they've been trying to figure out how to get it back. And if you don't—and if you don't—if people don't recognize that—that's why I hate this guy Tucker Carlson. He puts on his little face. He had a chance to put me on, but he didn't because he watches ratings. He's an entertainer. And I'm here to tell you, if you think that guy's your fighter and you don't want to fight and get behind this, because this lawsuit is the inflection point in American history. It really is. It's not like conspiracy theory. It's not like, oh, yeah, I read this stuff. No, we're actually in federal court. So everyone better get behind this lawsuit. Everyone. i
1: about that, doctor. I appreciate you coming on. We're gonna include all the links in the in the special in the uh, description on here. And uh,
0: man, I
1: I got your back, brother. I'm all about that because you know once we lose these things, and I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I, I I look back at all these elections, and I think we just kind of played their game. And you're you're right. We when like 60 million votes got counted in. What they do it in eight hours by old people way back in the day. I think it's all been illusion, but now we have records and now we have people fighting to uh, keep the truth, get the truth out. And that's why I appreciate you, doctor. Yeah. And And, uh, thank you so much. Sure,
0: Sam. And I I appreciate as you know, we haven't spoken a while. I appreciate this conversation. I think your audience is a wonderful audience there. They have a consciousness, but this is an opportunity for them to take that consciousness to another level to deepen their understanding and go beyond this left, right, beyond Republican, Democrat because that is the illusion, man. That is the matrix. That is the the devil in many ways. It keeps people entertained. And since 1970, what's happened in this country is people have been kept entertained, you know? Kept, you know, on drugs and feeling good or whatever the hell it is, right? It's not about learning that you have to fight and the, the, the goal of existence is to fight for your rights and they've been eroded at a deep level. And that's why we called it win back freedom, Sam. And it's a very important point. We shouldn't say oh we got to fight for freedom no we've lost it we've actually lost it and we have to now win it back but it's positive too but we have to win it back it's no longer oh we're going to lose freedom no you've already lost it anyway sam thank you Right, everyone good e- good afternoon it's five uh 6, 11 pm i got a bunch of interviews today but uh i played that video because there's news out there we don't know what's going on about um uh a guy called john mcafee who was anti-establishment about his supposedly dying in prison and several weeks ago sam tripoli asked me what i thought about that question about the meaning of life and death and all those kind of things that was my answer that we have to all become warriors and we have to fight so, today, you know, we have a very uh, somewhat scientific topic we're going to talk about, but I, I thought it would be important to address that. I'll do, I'll talk more about it tomorrow morning. But what I wanted to share with you is that ultimately, what when we all get educated, which is what we are doing with this movement for truth, freedom, and health, and those of you, by the way, um, our lawsuit is the most historic pride lawsuit of the century because we've shown conclusively that government has created an unholy alliance with big tech. And our lawsuit is the tip of the spear of that movement for freedom. So everyone, you can go to winbackfreedom.com, I'll just play it here, and you can support that because it's part of a larger movement. And when I mean a movement, I mean, the goal is not to have, and it's great, You know, we have lawyers now, I brought the case this far, but we've had to bring in some lawyers, help with depositions and discovery. But we wanna leverage this historic event to get everyone the opportunity to get involved So everyone can go up to win back freedom and just give $1, whether you're in India, you can give 70 rupees, wherever you are, I think a hundred yen in, in Japan. But the symbolic effect is if we, you can give more, but we at least want 5 million people to give $1 because that's part of a movement. We can get more, but this is a global movement for freedom because governments of all countries have created unholy alliances with big tech. And that's what our lawsuit shows. So, now that, all of that came out of my journey into systems. And that's why the, tr- the win back freedom is really the tip of the spear of this l- larger movement for truth, freedom and health. And I encourage all of you for your own sake, go to uh, truthfreedomhealth.com and I encourage all of you to become truth, freedom and health warriors. I'll bring that up. It says, get educated or be enslaved. And I'll play a video on that. But a systems approach, which is beyond left or right, is what is the order of the day. We need all of you, as many people as possible. My goal is we get 50,000 by the end of this year, be awesome. Of enlightened people, enlightened citizenry who move beyond this Republican, Democrat, left, right, Labor Party, Tory Party, whatever it is in whatever country you're in. And we build a bottoms up movement. And the only way to do that is if people get armed with the right science. And that is the science of systems. And that science of systems, you can apply to understanding what we're gonna talk about, how arugula affects your heart health, how your body is a system, how everything in the universe is a system, how political systems, healthcare systems. And this scientific knowledge or this curriculum should be taught in every kindergarten, it isn't. So I've had to develop the curriculum and we're gonna go direct and share it with people, which is what we do every Monday evening. We've created a platform. Uh, for Truth, Freedom, and Health, and I'll share more about it. But today, we're going to talk about a systems approach to understanding a vegetable that all of you may have eaten at some point. People make arugula salad, and this is in our heart health series. You know, the heart is in some ways a symbol of courage and strong heart. You're, you know, you have a strong, some people say strong character. You have the heart of a lion, right? So your cardiovascular system is extremely important because it defines you in some sense. It defines your strength, right? You have a strong heart. You can be powerful. You have a weak heart. You know, you're uh, constrained. So uh, two weeks ago, we talked about arginine and caffeine. Arginine increases cardiovascular function through supporting nitric oxide. Caffeine, you know, this is all based on your body type. You, You eat a lot of caffeine, like we showed with one of the supplements. It constricts you, uh, lowers nitric oxide. But today we're going to look at arugula as a part of our heart health series. And you're going to see some very interesting, uh um, benefits, uh, about this, um, vegetable, you know, uh, typically you can, when you go to a restaurant, they put arugula in a salad, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about arugula from that standpoint. And let me bring up our slides here. Okay. So as usual, we typically put together some good slides for everyone. So you can follow along. So let me um, bring those up for people on Instagram too. So if everyone can see it. And, um, and this analysis comes from our Cytosol analysis. I think everyone can see it here. So let's go right to Arugula and talk about Arugula. So what is Arugula? First of all, by the way, everyone, um, who's interested in our movement can go to va over in the lower right, and you can learn more and I'll come back to this, but that's the website. And truthfreedmanhealth.com but we're going to talk about um, arugula and cardiovascular health so what are we going to talk about first of all we're going to look at what is arugula and arugula's effects on biological functions arugula's health benefits arugula's effects on cardiovascular health and then we're going to look at the clinical in vivo means studies that were done in uh, humans and could be other animals on how much arugula you should have, all right? So that's what we're gonna cover. So this is what arugula looks like, if you haven't seen it, but it's not argula, but it's arugula. And it's, you know, Latin name is um, aruca sativa, okay? aruca sativa arugula, okay? So it's a green leafy plant. It has a peppery taste to it. It belongs to the cruciferous vegetable family, which includes things like broccoli. Uh, It includes things like Brussels sprouts, okay? So it's cruciferous. Uh, Its medicinal use dates back to the Roman times in Europe and the medicinal properties are attributed to the leaves and seeds. So one of the important things to understand is when you start looking at any type of herb, it's important to understand that these different herbs have different properties based on what you're actually using. So if you look at an herb, you can look at the leaves, you can look at the stem, you can look at the roots, you can look at the rhizome, the fruit, right, the seeds. So each one of these have very, very different properties, but when we put arugula, we're looking at the leaves as well as the, um, uh, you know, the the seeds of it, okay? So leaves and seeds, that's what we're talking about when we talk about arugula, okay? So let me go back and um, get into this a little more deeper. So arugula, sativa, and we're looking at the leaves, but its medicinal use dates back to Roman times. So, you know, yesterday when we looked at um, something called arginine, we noticed about 135,000 papers were written about it, 135,000. So arugula um, has about 48 clinical trials, but only about 256 research articles, right? So it's not as well researched as something like arginine, but, um, you know, it's an emerging, Area of research. People have been researching it over the last fifty years. You can see this graph here. It's been in the last four years where lots of research have been conducted on it. And many of you know that the approach we take here in our talks is we use this technology called Cytosolve, Cytosolve, and you can go learn more about it cytosolve.com. It's one of my inventions that came out of my PhD work. And Cytosolve allows us to look at all the body of scientific knowledge, extract from it the molecular pathways build someone says my favorite salad mama Bed 57 yeah um and then we're able to so in this case the molecular mechanisms we're going to look at is arugula's effects on cardiovascular health and the reason i was motivated to originally create cytosol was because uh, for two reasons one was i saw the detrimental way that the pharmaceutical industry works it's quite medieval a pharmaceutical ingredient is typically a compound that doesn't exist in nature and in order for them to create a drug, they test stuff in a test tube, then they t- test stuff, you know, in animals, kill a lot of animals. And then after this, if they get FDA allowance, they test on small groups of humans, phase one, mid-level groups of humans, phase two, and then lots of humans, phase three. You can see it's very time consuming. And by the way, the drug that comes out here, you can sue the pharma company. Can't do that with the jabs. OK, um, so this is a very, very uh, time-intensive process, and you can see, even pharma companies, they spend more and more money on R&D, and in fact, less and less new molecules are even being discovered, all right? So, one of the, so I want to give you a little bit of background on Cytosolve, so you get a deeper understanding, so let me just bring back this video for those of you who haven't seen it, it'll help you understand what cytosol is really about, so let me uh, stop this here, and I'm going to share with you a little bit about cytosol. It's a quick video, but it'll give you um, a, a deeper understanding of what is cytosol. So let me play this, and you'll get it. Who would have ever thought someone like me would invent email and create Cytosolve to revolutionize health for personalized and precision medicine, a system for delivering the right medicine for the right person at the right time. I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. As a child, I observed my grandmother, a poor village farmer, practice Siddha, India's oldest system of medicine, to heal local villagers by observing their face, to know their unique constitution, to deliver a unique combination of foods, healing herbs and massage. The caste system and her abilities to heal inspired me to understand the interconnectedness of all life. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayyadurai. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, technologist, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. As a 14-year-old, I began working as a full-time research fellow at Rutgers Medical School to unravel the mysteries of sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, and created the world's first email system long before I ever heard MIT as I traverse academia over the next three decades I observe self-serving academics never solving real problems writing grant after grant competing for tenure while diminishing real science and real scientists pushing a reductionist science to destroy the scientific method like the blind men who never saw the whole elephant but the parts they delivered a dismembered view of reality I observe big pharma use such reductionism wasting billions year after year to fund research in test tubes killing animals and using the poor as guinea pigs for clinical testing to create products that even the FDA no longer allowed. Not only Big Pharma practices this reductionism, but also the elites of Big Vitamin, Big Green, and Big New Age with gurus and yogis empowered by Hollywood celebrities selling one supplement after another based on a cherry-picked science. All that changed in 2003 when the Human Genome Project ended, revealing that humans have the same number of genes, about 20,000, as that of a worm, giving rise to a systems biology. We realized that one size fits all medicine was a failure, We realized their medicines were killing us, making today's generation's lifespan shorter than any previous generation. Obesity, heart disease, deaths from adverse reaction to drugs, confusion on what diet, what supplements, and who to believe is what they have delivered you. They push natural and organic products for your beauty and wellness while their real solution is their plastic surgeons and Botox. We've been sold out. It's time for real science, a system science that interconnects the parts to discover truth, to know what really works, to get the health we need and deserve. This is why I created Cytosol. Cytosol is about truth, freedom, and health versus power, profit, and control. Cytosol is a revolutionary technology integrating bioinformatics, computational biology, mathematical modeling, decentralization to reveal the truth. Cytosol computes trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions to discover what actually works based on the actual science. No reductionism, no cherry-picking. Cytosol's predictive modeling has been proven accurate time and time again, matching laboratory results. Cytosol discovers synergistic Combinations of compounds to maximize health and reduce toxicity for example we know curcumin from turmeric and resveratrol from red grapes alleviate inflammation but how much should we combine current methods are hand-waving at best here with cytosol we first model the control condition with no curcumin and no resveratrol to simulate high inflammation with the cytokine level at 0.15 micromolar next we add just five micromolars of curcumin the inflammation drops to 0.05 next we use five micromolars of resveratrol and the inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.06. But when we combine curcumin and resveratrol of three micromolars of curcumin and two micromolars of resveratrol, inflammation drops from 0.15 to 0.03, far lower, nearly 200% less than just one compound alone. That's the synergy principle of system science. We've all had enough of their fake and reductionist science. They think we'll simply keep buying their marketing, their celebrities, and their products that can never truly heal us. We don't need them. Great things come when we integrate the best of things. It's our It's time we delivered solutions for ourselves. It's time for truth, freedom and health. It's time for Cytosolve. Welcome. So the reason I wanted to play that video for you and some of you have seen it before is that the approach that we take is a systems approach. And what systems approach teaches us is that we look at the interconnection. So in your body, you know, when you take something, arugula or you eat stuff, the uh, food is actually medicine. It's composed of many, many different natural compounds. Those natural compounds go affect your body in different ways, right? You may have different genetics, epigenetics, but fundamentally they affect molecular reactions in your body. So before Cytosol, Primarily the way people do it is they will take some animal, they'll give it something, and then they'll see the output, right? But they don't really understand the interconnections. But with Cytosol, we're actually able to get down and look at those molecular mechanisms, okay? And today we're gonna look at the mechanisms of cardiovascular health. And just to let you, all of you know, you know, 2007 is when I created Cytosol after four or five years of my PhD work. We wrote a lot of papers about it. But more importantly, Over the last two years, for the last many years, we've been helping a lot of manufacturers of people make supplements, the smart guys who really want to figure out, go beyond snake oil to figure out what works. We've helped them model all sorts of different um, biomolecular phenomenon. But in the last couple of years, we actually said, hey, we have all these mathematical models. Why don't we really understand what Cytosol does and see if we can build some new uh, products that really apply system science. So that resulted in us about a year ago where we applied system science to really discover and validate a combination of uh, compounds that have a profound influence on, on really affecting pain and discomfort. And that we, it's one of our new products. We put this out because of COVID, we sold out and it's back on, you can get it, but it's called MV25. But the goal here is all of you have asked about like what, how, to, how this works, but MB25 is really, we have named it Momentum to Move, but we've optimized it using this systems approach, right? So what at the back of the bottle says is, this was formulated using the Cytosoft computational systems biology platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral work at MIT. This formulation results from integrating so we're just integrating thousands of scientific papers over four decades and uh, that came from 69 research institutions so we're ta- we're not just cherry picking and using that knowledge we're computing trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions to discover an optimal synergy and what cytosol optimize means yeah someone said can we get it in europe you can get it everywhere um we'll ship it out from here we actually have some wonderful people out of Europe who recently signed up, I think out in Sweden, they're gonna be distributing it for us, but it's all bottoms up. We do not sell this on Amazon, it's direct here. But what Cytosolve Optimize means is that this formula has been optimized using all this powerful mathematics, no animals were killed in this, to figure out the right combinations. Now, as the science advances, so will this. And if you look at the back of the bottle, it's certified clean, which means non-GMO, organic, And uh, it's US-made, GMP-certified. And if you want to know more about it, go to vashiva.com, click on shop, and then you'll find it there, okay? So when we look at arugula, we take a systems approach. So arugula, like most foods in in nature, is not just composed of just one chemical, which is what a pharmaceutical drug is. It's composed of many things. Arugula consists of flavonoids, phytosterols, vitamins, fatty acids, and triterpenes, okay? If you're looking at the cannabis movement, people talk about terpenes, well, this says triterpenes, a family of terpenes. But notice it's flavonoids, which includes camphorol, uh, quercetin, isorhamnetin. Many of you may have heard of uh, quercetin. Uh, it's a very powerful ionophore. Uh, it also is very good uh, against allergies. Okay? Some of you may want to explore that. It has phytosterols, plant sterols, right, not animal steroids, and vitamins A and K, and a whole range of fatty acids. So that's a composition. Um, And here, uh, I always like to throw up the chemical composition. You can look at what that looks like, but you can see it involves sulforaphane, right? It involves phenyl ethyl, isothiocyanate, butyl isothiocyanate, quercetin, camphoferol, and we'll talk about this eryusine, okay? A very interesting molecule here, eryusine, carbon with double bond to sulfur and double bond to N. You don't see this normally, um, but you have it in sulfur vein, but you also have it in eryusine. It's very interesting. And um, and in fact, if you notice, most of the stuff has those double bonds. We haven't seen this structure before, okay? so. Those are the active compounds, right? But they're naturally occurring compounds. So, what are the biological effects of arugula? Well, first of all, protects your stomach, gastroprotective, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, anti-hyperlipidemic, which means it breaks down fat. Okay. Um, you're welcome, Shanti. Uh, anti-platelet, vasorelaxing, immunomodulation. Okay. So it modulates the immune system. It's it's a vasorelaxer, antiplatelet. So we're gonna focus on the heart aspects of it. We could do a whole talk on the immune aspects. So what are the health, so these are the biological effects, but what are the health benefits? Well, um, protects your heart, all right? Hypertension, right? Um, Arteriosclerosis, coronary heart disease. It also protects your gut. uh, gastric ulcers, infections, and diabetes. All right. So we want to, first of all, um, someone says, cool, I've been eating this great, uh, cardiovascular system, just to review, if you saw it yesterday, it'd be another review for you, but, um, repetition is a mother of skill. But if you think about your cardiovascular system, it's a thing that, um, is composed of your heart, your blood vessels, and blood, three important things make your cardiovascular system, the pump, the blood vessels, which are all the piping and the blood. And by the way, blood is not just red blood cells. It also includes white blood cells. So when your heart pumps, it's carrying across your body oxygen, but it's also carrying immune support. That's what the white blood cells are. And as you can see on the, um, when you look at your heart, you want to think about your heart. Uh, Let me, if I'm looking at my heart here, right? The left side, Right? That's it's your left side, okay? And the right side is my right side. So in this diagram here, what you want to be clear about is that when we're looking at the left atrium, it's your left side, okay, even though it's right on the screen, okay? Um, so the left atrium is a thing that's receiving the oxygenated blood from the lungs. And the left ventricle, where your aorta is, again, on the left side, is pumping, all that blood throughout your entire body. So you're getting this fresh, oxygenated blood. It's going from the left side of your heart into your body. And as your body uses up this oxygenated blood, the blue denotes deoxygenated blood, comes into your right atrium, the right side of your body, and through your right ventricle, it pumps it up to the lungs, which infuses it with... Uh, oxygenated blood. Okay. So all of this is occurring because of your vasculature, right? Vascular, which involves the red here denotes arteries. The blue here denotes veins, but all all this microvasculature is known as composed of your capillaries. So let's look a little bit closer. So here the arteries are bringing in fresh oxygenated blood, your capillaries Uh, are the smaller blood vessels that deliver the nutrients and oxygen to the tissues and cell. And then they remove the waste, which is the blue here back through your veins and it takes it out. Now, if you look at the structure of the vasculature, the arteries have three components, the outer component, which is known as the uh, adventitia, which is the outer layer. Okay, same with the outer layer of your veins. Capillaries don't have that outer layer. These are the microvescals. Um, Your uh, veins uh, and arteries also include the tuna media, which is a middle layer, right? That's a thick middle layer here, okay? Capillaries don't have that. And the inside layer of the arteries and the veins is called the tunica intima. That's the inner layer. And that consists of a lining of cells known as the endothelial, okay? Endothelial cells and which provides frictionless pathway for the movement of blood vessels. So we're gonna be focusing on, on the capillaries, okay? Now, what's really important to understand here is that one of the most profound molecules that was discovered is something called nitric oxide. Nitric oxide um, is produced um, at the, by the endothelial, okay? When you exercise, you're gonna find when you run, and you exercise, your body will actually release nitric oxide through a series of biological pathways. And that's what we study at Cytosol. And if you can understand all those chemical reactions, you can find out how to enhance them and you can find out how food works, right? So that's what we're gonna go into. So now, if we go into the cardiovascular role and you look at nitric oxide, this is what the nitric oxide molecule looks like, okay? It's, it's double bonded to this nitrogen radical, okay? And it's a potent vasodilator. It's, it helps maintain blood pressure. It's anti-arthrogenic. Now, how is nitric oxide generated? Well, there's an enzyme called ENOS, okay? Endothelial nitric oxide synthase, E-N-O-S. And that catalyzes arginine. So arginine is a fuel. This is the cat- catalyst. And when this gets catalyzed, you get nitric oxide. But when you exercise, you also trigger nitric oxide prediction. So here we're looking at the microvascular, we're looking at one little capillary here. And here blood is flowing through your capillary. The surface of your capillary is composed of these cells called endothelial. So here's the blood flow denoted by these arrows. And when the, so this is when you're exercising, okay? And enos which is this endothelial nitric oxide synthase gets activated from the flow and that converts arginine to citrulline and nitric oxide and nitric oxide the end product is extremely important for vasodilation which maintains proper blood pressure now the work i'm i'm showing here was work that i did while i was at mit with my colleagues at mit brigham's harvard and king's college and what we looked at here, the work of andrew koo who was one of the PhD students in our lab, was Andrew was literally could understand, he could measure nitric oxide release in the laboratory, in the wet lab, where he would send flow and he could look at NO release. Now, Andrew was very interested in understanding the m- mechanism. So when you looked at the surface of the endothelial, this is the endothelial. You'll notice there's this little structure here. I'm pointing at, it's a little Christmas tree structure. So the surface of the capillaries are made up of these cells. And on that cell is a little Christmas tree. And when when blood flows, this Christmas tree structure known as a glycocalyx moves. And when that moves from the mechanical force, it initiates a conversion of nitric oxide uh, in the presence of enzyme enos to um, nitric oxide. So how does all this happen? Well, if you start reading all those papers, you'll find there's all these chemical reactions. With cytosol, we're able to interconnect all those chemical reactions and mathematically predict how much ENOS mRNA releases, right? So this is our prediction. And we did this, Andrew's data showed it was right on the money. So the black line is a computer prediction. The orange dots are the actual wet lab results. So this is quite extraordinary, which means without killing animals, we're able to predict the actual release of ENOS mRNA and same here with the protein concentrations. And what's important to understand is, you don't have to believe me, we validated this, and this got published in one of the most prestigious journals in biological sciences, Cells Biophysical Journal. And what we were able to show was that we can actually use cytosol to mathematically model biological functions, saving animals' lives, but we can do it with very good precision. So that technology infrastructure of cytosol allows us to model many, many different diseases. So the MV25 product, for example, we modeled inflammation, we modeled pain receptor pathways, and then we computed trillions of combinations of molecular reactions to find this combination. But here, um, what powerful cytosol is, we can finally get a handle on food. Everyone says food is medicine, but with cytosol, um, we can, Um, really understand how food actually works at the molecular systems level. So let me go back to this and let's look at now. um, And by the way, this is a paper uh, that I was one of the senior authors. Again, I want to thank all of our colleagues. So what are the effects of arugula on the cardiovascular system? First of all, we're going to look at three aspects of arugula. First of all, antihypertensive, which means it lowers blood pressure, anti-diabetic effect, okay? Anti-thrombotic effect, Okay, which means, uh, yes, someone says when you say killing animals, yes, that means no animal testing. Antithrombotic means um, you reduce blood clots. So let's look at antihypertensive effect. So, by the way, here's one of those chemicals in arugula known as erucine, E-R-U-C-I-N. That's the structure. Now, erucine in arugula is a donor of hydrogen sulfide. So so what happens is erucine donates it gives up H2S, okay, hydrogen sulfide. And hydrogen sulfide, which is part of all right? Um, uh, Like nitric oxide is is also a known vasodilator. So what H2S does, it activates um, enzyme uh, soluble guanylyl cyclase. So that's SGC. So H2S activates this enzyme, SGC. So what does SGC do? SGC converts GTP to CGMP in the smooth muscle cells surrounding the blood vessel cells leading to relaxation, vasorelaxation, which promotes antihypertensive effect in the blood cells. So just to be, again, clear, when you eat arugula, there's a chemical in there called aerosin, which donates hydrogen H2S, okay? And H2S, like nitric oxide, is a vasodilator. So, it converts GTP to CGMP, which re- results in the relaxation of smooth muscle cells. That's vasorelaxation. So, again, arugula through eryucin has an antihypertensive effect, very good uh, for lowering hypertension. The other effect uh, arugula has, it has an anti diabetic effect. Now, endothelial dysfunction, which is those cells along those arteries, is, which means they stop working as well, is caused by oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is induced by superoxide and hydrogen peroxide in the endothelial cells. So just to be simple about this, your endothelial cells. So I you know in the la- yesterday's talk, I talked about one of the. If you wanna impress your friends, you can talk about endothelial dysfunction or endothelial function. If you want really good health, you want the endothelial cells in your body functioning at the right you know, modus operandi. That means they're functioning well. So one of the key areas of health that's emerging is endothelial function. So we don't want endothelial dysfunction. And what we're seeing here is you get endothelial dysfunction when the following occurs. It's caused by oxidative stress. If you're stressed out, superoxide and hydrogen peroxide in the endothelial cells cause endothelial dysfunction. And endothelial dysfunction, leads to diabetes, right? So there's a direct connection between your cardiovascular system and diabetes, all right? Um, So compounds such as PEITC, butyl ITC and SFN from arugula. So these chemicals exist in arugula and they upregulate NRF2 and endothelial cells. So so in arugula, there are these chemicals, PEITC, butyl ITC and SFN. These three chemicals increase the level of NRF2, okay? NRF2. Um, And what NRF2 does is NRF2 promotes antioxidant, uh, antioxidizing enzymes, superoxide dismutase and catalase. Now, what's really great about these two enzymes is they stop superoxide and they stop, Hydrogen peroxide. These two chemicals are not good things you want because they're basically oxidative stress chemicals. Okay, and they're the things that when you knock these out, you um, these things contribute to endothelial dysfunction, which leads to diabetes. So what's happening is NRF2 is blocking is upregulating these two, which stop superoxide um, as well as hydrogen peroxide, which which. Uh, lead to endothelial dysfunction. So the key takeaway is that uh, arugula has these uh, uh, three chemicals in it, which promote NRF2, very important beneficial chemical, which uh, leads, as you can see here, just bring this up here, which leads to the chemicals superoxide, um, dismutase, and and, and catalase, which eat up the superoxide and the hydrogen peroxide, which lead to endothelial um, dysfunction, okay? So again, another way, again, the key takeaway here is diabetes is directly related to your cardiovascular system. You have good endothelial function, it's going to have an anti-diabetic effect. All right. The third thing we want to look at when it comes to arugula is arugula also has campiferol, right? Uh, Quercetin, uh, Isorhametin, These three chemicals um, are important because these three chemicals stop. That's what the red thing with the hammer at the end of it is, NF-kappa-beta. What is NF-kappa-beta? We're under inflammatory conditions, NF-kappa-beta increases inflammatory cytokines like thromboxane and IL-1-beta and CCL-5 and TGF-1-beta. These aren't good chemicals. And these inflammatory cytokines promote activation of platelets. And this leads to platelet aggregation, which leads to blood clot formation. So NF-kappa-beta leads to blood clot clot formation. And arugula, the three chemicals, campheral, quercetin, and isorhamnetin, block NF-kappa-beta. which That means antithrombotic, which means anti-blood clot effect. You're welcome. Um, So that's the key things here. So you can see, when you look across these, there are three synergistic effects that arugula has, antihypertension, anti-diabetic, and antithrombotic. And from a system standpoint, this is why food is medicine. Arugula is a systems product. It not only, you know, pharmaceutical drugs, it's a single molecule drug, and it goes only has one effect. There's no synergistic effect. What you see with food as medicine here with arugula, it has a multi-dimensional effect. It it lowers its anti-diabetic, its anti-hypertension, right? And it's also anti-thrombotic. So why is this important? And in closing, what I want to share with you is when you take this systems approach, you realize that we need to look at the interconnections and the synergies. This is why food is so important to understand. But you can take these same principles, which I keep uh, uh, wanting to Uh, let everyone be uh, immensely aware of is that this same systems principle you can also use to build a political movement. We don't just want to fight for truth. We don't just want to fight for freedom. We don't just want to fight for health. We got to fight for all three together because they're interrelated. And every Monday evenings, you know, we teach the Truth, Freedom and Health Warrior Scholar training program. And that training program will help you see your body as a system, food as systems. Politics as a system, it is really the nuclear physics of understanding system science, which can apply to politics or anything for that matter. So I want all of you to consider the same systems approach can be applied to anything. So, for example, when I look at the world and I when I look at truth, freedom and health, you have a bunch of, let's say, well-meaning nerds or well-meaning people who are scientists saying, hey, we need more science, truth. Well, and then over here, you have people who love their. Uh, First Amendment and the Second Amendment fighting for freedom. And then you have people who love their food and their organic food. The earthy, earthy, crunchy granola types, they're fighting for health. But all these three movements have historically been separated. And you can see we need to take a synergistic approach. We need to go beyond left and right and bring this together. And that's really the message here. And I want to encourage all of you to go to TruthFreedomHealth.com and recognize that we need to take this systems approach in everything in life if we're gonna be successful. So as a part of that, I wanna share with you this video on what the Warrior Scholar Program is, and I hope all of you take advantage. One of them is a V.A. Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions, you can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is V.A. Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use V.A. Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health warrior scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline community. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. So anyway, the science of systems will educate that everything's connected. And it is a science that should be taught everywhere. So, pl- so please take advantage of that. Um, but let me go back and finish up arugula. So when we look at arugula from the standpoint of the systems approach, and we can also apply the systems approach to look at arugula, um, not only, uh, by the way, all of these slides I just covered, <laughs> OK, which is in that video before we used to have to go through all this. I'm just going to hop over. Uh, and you, you, everyone's welcome to understand all those features in the system. but. Uh, when we look at arugula, um, there's another way that you can also look at arugula, or for that matter, any food, which we talk about in the in the course that everyone is welcome uh, to study. But you can take a systems or an engineering systems approach. Now, in the engineering systems approach, uh, for those of you um, who want to support our movement, go to you, you'll get the access to your body, your system, but your body's your system is a tool that looks at the framework of, a, of the body from understanding the forces of movement known as transport the forces of conversion like digestion known as c conversion and the force of things that hold you up like your skeletal system for example transport conversion storage and you can actually use this tool to understand what kind of system you are you can then use it to figure out um wh- how your system is off course how you're feeling today and how foods and supplements can bring you back on course but and that's involved in the book and the tool and We want to thank everyone who have who contributed to the movement, those people who are generous to give 25. They get all these tools. And the warrior course is a a separate thing you can study. But when you look at arugula, arugula increases transport, okay, which means movement in your body. It stabilizes pitta or conversion, which means it supports your digestion. It stabilizes, it calms it. And arugula also stabilizes storage, which means it makes sure you're not putting on weight, right? Storage, if you have too much weight, conversion is digestion. You don't want to have uh, heartburn, those kind of things. So um, someone said, I like arugula on eggs. Okay. But that's from an Eastern approach. Now, the issue is how much should you be taking? Well, again, this is not a medical show. This is a educational program. But if you look at the science that's out there, for example, for antithrombosis effect, which is anti-blood clot effect, the, wor- the work of Fuentes et al in 2018 says you need about 200 milligrams per kilogram. That's of extract, okay, per day. All right. So you can, if you go to the supplement store, you can find out extracts, but you need 200 milligrams per kilogram extract per day. Now, arugula extracts can also be used for anti-ulcer effects. And that's Alcosume uh, in 2009, where they found about, if you have, such so about, double this 500 milligrams of kilogram per extract per day anti-ulcer effects and for remember one of the chemicals in arugula is sfn from arugula for diabetes and this says about 0.1 to 0.5 milligrams per kilogram per day from the work of by et al in 2019 recent work so in conclusion when you want to the key takeaways here in arugula is that if someone says in your option, would it be more benefit to get arugula extracts in pill form versus adding. Look, I think ultimately food is best. But these kinds of dosages are people who are undergoing some type of, you know, they're getting blood clotting or they have ulcers. So this is sort of the medicinal dosage of it. OK. Um, yes. Yeah, someone said arugula is bitter. Yeah. Let me just before I come back to the summary, uh, one of the things people need to understand is, you know, your your stomach, your digestive system is around. 25 receptors for bitter food. Arugula is a bitter food, but it only has one receptor for sweet foods. So your body needs these bitter foods. All right. But for some reason, whatever happened to our diet, we probably get 25 times more sweet than we're getting bitter foods So bitter foods like arugula are extremely valuable. So thanks, Alina Aldrich for bringing that up. Yes. Arugula is bitter. Bitter is good. Your body was designed to process bitter food. So uh, arugula is is a medicinal plant with several benefits to cardiovascular health we just covered. The compound ariusin prevents hypertension by releasing a vasodilator called hydrogen sulfide H2S. That's one important uh, takeaway that you just learned. Second thing is arugula uh, promotes upregulation of antioxidant enzymes that mitigate diabetes. By downregulating endothelial dysfunction caused by oxidative stress. Simply put, arugula uh, upregulates antioxidants, which support endothelial function. Third is anti-inflammatory properties of arugula compounds. And these uh, remember, arugula has compounds which knock out NF kappa beta, which is very inflammatory, and that leads to blood clots. But arugula has these compounds that prevent blood clots by down-regulating pro-inflammatory cytokines and platelet aggregation. So there you go, arugula on cardiovascular health. Uh, we've covered that. You can I encourage you to share this video with others, review it. Um, but again, we took a systems approach here. We didn't just look at arugula, one chemical in arugula. We looked at many different chemicals. We found out many different aspects that affects body chemistry again we focus on the cardiovascular system anyway i hope this was valuable Uh, tomorrow i'll be doing another one um, on cardiovascular we'll be looking at another uh important um you know natural uh set of compounds um and uh i have to do a number of interviews this this evening but i encourage all of you to take the systems approach i encourage all of you to become truth freedom and health uh, warriors Um, And I encourage all of you to become part of this movement and also support this lawsuit, winbackfreedom.com. Thank you, everyone. Be well, be the light. Thank you.